everybody, you just had a great 4th of July holiday, I'm assuming. And guess what? Tuesday is a holiday every week because it's doable discipleship release day. So this, if you didn't guess by, you know, our excited intro, this is doable discipleship, which is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith. Or as our friend Linda loves to say, it's the show that helps you grow. Oh, hey, you know what? You even had a little cadence to that. That was great. You know, hey, I, you know. I, I think that way we'll catch on. Um, so my name is Jason. Uh, this is Linda. We are both hey. part of the spiritual growth team here at uh, Saddleback Church. And I can I can officially say we are both part of the spiritual growth Yay. team here at the church because Linda now is on our team. So you've heard her before on a bunch of, uh, of episodes in the past. And she's now actually like officially a part of our team. It's great. We love having her. So Linda, how has your first month been? I guess it'll be like just about two months or a month and a half or whatever for, as this releases. So how has your time been on, on the team full time? It, it has been awesome. Um, it's, I feel like this is where I was always meant to be. And I just know that God opened this door at this time. And I'm so excited. I literally can't wait to get to work every day. So oh, that's okay. Well, that's, that's the best. So we're very excited to have Linda on the team. And you know what, she started out of the gate just running, let me tell you, because Linda is actually the one who came up with this idea for um, our topic that we're going to be talking about, not just this week, but um, for the next couple of weeks. So um, we were chatting and she came, you know, kind of asked this question about, you know, I think there's kind of this need to talk about how do we re-engage relationally right now. So Linda, why don't you give us just a little bit of background, some kind of context as to why this idea came on your heart? Sure. Well, as I began myself to re-engage with friends and family after 15 months of, you know, a lot of the people that I knew and loved were not in my pandemic pod, you know, so I literally hadn't seen them. And as we began to get back together, there were just, there was tension, you know, we had, had, there had been distance because there had to be, but then there was kind of tension around different topics and things that we felt differently about that we hadn't ever really had to discuss because we hadn't been together. And so I just began to think, gosh, this is really hard. And it felt like, I felt like I was constantly tiptoeing around a lot of different things so that we didn't fall into the landmines of, of, you know, things that we were going to argue about. But also during the whole pandemic, watching believers watching followers of Jesus argue and point fingers at each other and call each other names and you know especially on social media and i've just been grieved over the fact that so much division has worked its way into our relationships and now that we actually have to look these people in the face and have conversations with them like it's hard because things have been said things have been intimated and it's like you know, now when you look somebody in the eye, it's like, is that really what you think of me? Is that really what you think of my family and the choices we've made? And so I was like, we need to, we, we need to talk about how we're going to re-engage with these people that we love. And yet due to distance and time and just the division that has happened, it's really hard sometimes to have conversations that don't go down some rabbit hole of somebody getting angry and offended. So that was kind of how it came to me. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think what you were doing is putting words to what 
I know a lot of people are kind of going through, right? If you look mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. on on the past year and in here on this podcast, we did a whole number of, of different series kind of that chronicled everything that was going on in the year. And so, right. you know, if you if you start if you start with COVID and just kind of how we were uh, put in this kind of season of, of isolation a little bit. Right. And then you mix that with everything that was going on culturally and, and racially and politically and all these things were happening and were like these huge topics and we were having to deal with them in isolation. We could, you know, talk with each other on social media or, or whatever it was, you, you know, that became the outlet. We didn't have, you know, the hangouts and, and, and all those times together to be able to talk about things and to see people eye to eye and, and be and be near each other, even when you disagreed. And so now that we're coming back into this season of reopening, of things being back open, we can you know be together again and all that kind of stuff. What we're talking about is, okay, all these things have happened in this time since we were last together. And now we need to figure out how to have you know, healthy conversations, healthy relationship, even through all this stuff, because we didn't get to process this together. We had to process it alone. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. now we have to figure out how do we take the things that we had processed and mesh them, if you will, (laughs) with how somebody else had processed them. Right. So, uh, you know, so Linda had brought this up and, and, you know, I immediately was like, ah, this is, this is an important conversation because it's something that, that my own family has been having these conversations. And I know mm-hmm. many others mm-hmm. have been having these conversations of like, okay, so how do, how do we, you know, restart our relationships, get back into it, knowing that things are inherently just a little bit different right now. And mm-hmm. it may take a little bit of fine tuning, a little bit of getting used <laughs> to again, you, you know, you got to test the waters again, you got to, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so as we were talking about this, both Linda and I kind of came up with basically some kind of core pieces for us as way as things that we need to keep in mind when we are thinking about re-engaging relationally. And um, we think that we we wanted to share these with you because we feel like maybe these would be helpful things for you guys as well. And then, so that's going to be what we talk about today. And then in the coming weeks, next week, we're going to have um, a conversation with um, Aaron Crumby, AC, who is the pastor of our um, Los Angeles campus. And he shared some stuff in a staff meeting recently that we said, ah, we got to have him on to talk about uh, (laughs) that um, in this series. And then um, in two weeks from today, uh, we'll have a conversation with Pastor Todd Oltoff, uh, who we've had on before also, um, who oversees our pastoral care ministry, to just kind of give some really practical, uh, you know, advice on 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 how to you know, have healthy relational re-engagement. So really looking forward to this conversation. So for right now, we just wanted to start by talking about these different areas. I'm counting, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, kind of six kind of main areas that mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about that we have found healthy as, as, as Lynn and I have talked through this and we want to share those with you too. So the first kind of, you know, whether it's advice for us or advice for you, you, you know, whatever it may be is, is the first piece <laughs> that we wanted to hit on was this idea of just recognizing that we may need to build trust back up again. 
right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is that when we have been detached from people, you know, from, from different people, it could, could be friends, it could be family, it could be whomever, right? Inherently, what's going to happen is, is we need to figure out and take the time to rebuild trust again. You may not be able to, you know, jump right back in to exactly where you were, especially if different things had happened, especially if, if you're not sure if you can, you know, trust the other person to understand you or relate to you or encourage you, you know, whatever it may be, is there may be some reason that you have to just acknowledge or recognize the need to rebuild that trust again. What did you want to yeah. say about that, Linda? Yeah, sure. So when I was thinking about rebuilding trust and the safety, you know, some of the relationships that we thought were safe or that were familiar are now unfamiliar. And, and like I was saying before, things have been said, things have been suggested, you know, coming down on different sides of issues. And really what it comes down to is you rebuild trust, first of all, by forgiving whatever offense you think might be there, whatever brokenness has happened. Um, and I, you know, Ephesians 4.32, it be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. And I thought, um, as I thought about what it looks like to build trust, and I went back to, you know, familiar Bible stories of places where trust was broken and had to be rebuilt. One of the ones I thought about was, you know, Joseph and his brothers, right? Um, way back in Genesis, where I mean, they sold them into slavery. Pretty much they broke trust. There's, <laughs> you know, that relationship is pretty much damaged at that point. And yet when he had the opportunity, then when they came to Egypt for food and he was second in command, his response to them showed that he wasn't just tolerating them. He wasn't just dealing with them. He had forgiven them. He wept and he embraced them. And that's what allowed them to build that trust again. And then they were able to build that relationship. He also was able to hold on to a view that said, you know, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. So he was able to embrace a different perspective on what had happened. And that allowed him to rebuild trust because he realized, you know, that God was working. So just the first thing we have to do sometimes to build trust is start by forgiving and, and starting fresh and trying to be the way the way we have received from God forgiveness and kindness to be that way with one another. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it, it's about like having to adjust our expectations too is mm -hmm. kind of something big mm -hmm. out of this idea of having to build trust again is knowing that like, especially if you, you know, maybe you had been friends with somebody in, in the last year, like you've seen them, take up some really hardline positions on social media mm -hmm, and they started, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever, or you see them, you know, engaging in these topics that happen all throughout the year in kind of in a, let's say less than kind way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, so, you know, that when you re-engage relationally with this person, that it may take some time to kind of build up trust again, which kind of leads to the next point that we, I wanted to, hit on here was this idea of boundaries and knowing that it may be that you need to re-engage by setting up some boundaries and, 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 and they don't have to be explicit. They don't have to be, Hey friend, I'm glad to see you. Here are my boundaries I'm setting up yeah. with you. You know, you, you don't need to, you know, maybe, maybe not, that, that may not be the best approach, 
But just personally, as you're thinking about it, it's always important to know what topics are safe or not safe with different people. Because sure. the fact it's just it's just the fact of the matter is there are some people who you can engage with about any topic, anything, and you feel safe because because you know that they care about you, you know that they're not going to judge you, you know that they're not going to get into a bickering match with you or argument with you, but that you can have a conversation about it. even if they disagree, you can have a conversation about it and still feel loved at the end of it. But there are some people who you know that you can't talk about certain things with for whatever reason, that it's just, it's not a safe topic to have with certain people. And that's fine. That's mm -hmm. healthy to understand these kind of things, to, to have these boundaries. And so it may be that as you re-engage that you may need to set up some boundaries, right? And just knowing that, okay, for right now, I can't, I'm not going to talk about this. Or I'm, I'm not going to get into this kind of stuff with this person or this person or whatever, because you know, I, I don't, I don't trust that, um, that they are going to, you know, have a healthy relation, healthy engage, engaged relationship or conversation. I mean, about, about this. So Linda, what did you want to speak to uh, about boundaries? Yeah. So I was thinking first of all, for myself, right. Cause whenever we come to a situation, it's always better to figure out, you know, where am I, <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> How am I going to fix what I'm doing before I try to fix somebody else's, you know, what they're responding. But I was thinking about what boundaries does the Bible encourage us when it comes to the things we say and the way that we respond with, you know, with in conversation and Ephesians 429, there are some great boundaries there. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And in that same passage in the message, sometimes the message just does us a solid, right? I mean, it just says <laughs> things so clearly. Thank it you, says, Eugene. Yes, thank you. It says, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. And I thought, man, when I come to a conversation, if that is the filter that I bring with me, then I know if there's a topic that's going to trigger me, if I'm coming into a conversation and I'm like, I'm really passionate about this, but I love this person. And I know I, if I can't, you know, it's kind of like the old, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all, but it's, you know, right out of the Bible, right? Say only what helps each mm -hmm. word a gift. Um, and in fact, I was thinking about, um, Proverbs 141.3 as well, because that's just a neat prayer. When you're going into a conversation, when I'm going into a conversation with somebody, and I mean, this has been a very real thing for me. My friends, my family, people I love have come down on very different sides of, of issues over the last you know 18 months. And the prayer that I always just kind of utter <laughs> before gathering is set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Again, that's Proverbs 141.3. And it's like, Jesus, just help me to zip my lip. Like, I don't, I don't have to insert my opinion right here. <laughs> um, and so sometimes the boundary is for myself. Like, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. I'm not going to defend the position. I'm just going to let it be. Um, and if 
Um, and if a topic comes up and I don't think I can engage in a healthy way to just say, to be really honest and say, you know what, like, I know we see this differently and I just, you know what, I want to enjoy my time with you. So can we talk about something else? I think that's a much better way to go than getting into an argument. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's so important to be able to, to think personally too, and to think, how do I need to do this? And I was going to bring this up again at the end. This is going to be our, our doables for today too, but we can hit on it here at, at first. It's kind of, start to think about, okay, I'm not just setting boundaries for, for other people, you know, in how I engage, <laughs> but I'm setting boundaries for my, myself too, right? It, that, that's, that's important also. And I wanted to say too, because we had said earlier, how you don't have to make your boundaries explicit. You don't need to, you know, t- tell the other person about the boundaries that you're setting before you have the conversation. Um, but it, it may also be that you find yourself in a conversation with somebody and it does start to approach one of these unsafe topics and you start to feel like, you know, a, you know, I don't know, attacked or belittled or whatever, you know, if you start to feel that kind of pressure, it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I'm not in a, I'm not comfortable talking about that right now, or I'm not in a place where I feel like, talking about this topic right now. Um, I'd love to eventually, but I'm, I'm just not, I'm not ready for that type of conversation yet. That's okay. You know, it's, it, it's okay to do that kind of thing. So don't, you know, feel like it's not, or, you know, um, so anyway, so the first two that we talked about was building trust again, and just knowing that it takes time and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Second thing was boundaries talking about that. It's okay to set up these, you know, the, these boundaries for what you are comfortable or not comfortable talking about right now. Um, and the next thing that, that, that we wanted to hit on was finding a commonalities in focusing on the things that you have in common with people as you relationally re-engage rather than focusing on the differences that you have. Anytime you start with something that is common, that you have in common with the other person, you're starting mm-hmm. to build bridges or you, right. or, probably better said, you are building a bridge and you are giving that bridge more foundation to be sturdy mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, if you have in common that you like the same sports team or you like the same movies or whatever, like is you can re-engage relationally by talking about these things that right. you have in common that you know, you know, are things that you share with the other person. And, and, and that's a good way to start to re-engage, you know, and that relationship. And then knowing that maybe you'll get to some other deeper stuff later, but as you're just starting back into the relationship, start by the things that you know you have in common, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda, mm-hmm. what did you want to share about, about common? Yeah, no, that's, well, I was just going to say that's such great advice. It reminds me of um, one of my daughter's friends who, um, you know, was bringing her fiance to, you know, spend some time with the parents and they, you know, they knew politics. We were not going to talk about, you know, some of these things. And they went into that time together with a list of topics that they knew they wanted to talk about, the things they knew that they had common ground on. And so they went prepared and that was terrific because (laughs) they, it built the trust and it created more kind of relational equity in the fact that they had a wonderful time talking about 
sports and science and all kinds of other things. So really a lot of wisdom there. Um, but, you know, the Bible talks a lot about the fact that we need to live in unity. We need to find those commonalities. Um, Colossians 3.14, over all these virtues, it says, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. And then Ephesians talks a lot about make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And so, yeah, sometimes it's work. Sometimes you really have to think ahead and you have to plan and you have to think, okay, where, where are those common ground pieces? Um, I know even sometimes in marriage counseling, when a couple gets sideways at each other, the counselor will say, <laughs> you know, where's the common ground? Why did you guys, you know, get together in the first place? And then they, you know, they get starry eyed and they're like, oh, well, it was this and that. And you bring them back to that place where it's like, this is what we had in common. And when you get there, you can begin to kind of build in that place. And then the difference is you resolve them with greater relational equity in place. And so it's like, okay, now we're not arguing with each other. Now we're just working through differences. And that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. I like your idea like of coming in, like of knowing some, some things that you have in common and just being able to talk about, right? And, and there are some things that people universally have in common. Everybody loves the Great British Bake Off. Right. So right? like so you can talk about that probably with anybody. Right. Um, you know, I just got through watching Downton Abbey and now I know like three other people that are in the middle of watching Downton Abbey. So I know we have more commonalities, you know, that yep. you have yep. in common, you know, and just think about, you know, some other things that, you know, that, you know, are just universal and you can raise those, <laughs> raise those things with, with these <laughs> with anybody. <laughs> But yeah, I think the point that you were just talking about, Linda, about, you know, focusing on the things that bring us together rather than the things that cause division is so important, right? And really at the heart of this whole conversation about relational reengagement is trying to quell division, right? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's that's not what God wants for us. That's not what we want. We don't want to be divided. We don't want to feel like there's this strife, this, you know, the, these chasms between us. And that's definitely not what God wants for us too, especially between brothers and sisters in the family of God. So focusing on the things that you have in common, is kind of mm -hmm. a good way to, it's, it's, it's a good way to start. And then as we've talked about a whole ton in the last year, the idea that proximity breeds empathy. So the more time mm -hmm. you spend together with somebody talking about the things that you have in common, the more likely that you will grow empathetic, have empathy, have care, have, have love and affection for the other person. So that when you do broach topics that you may have different opinions on or see differently, you have this foundation of care and empathy right. and love already established. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, we had kind of a couple more things that we had talked about um, that we thought would be great to share with you guys too. The next one is <laughs> defining a disagreement. And I, I kind of snickered at this one a little bit because <laughs> I remember when we were talking about this, about this conversation that we were going to have, and we were just talking about how, you know, people just disagree and they think that you hate them or you think that you're completely <laughs> against everything that, that they stand for. 
or that you are, you know, out to get, or, you know, all this stuff. It's, it's taking it to the kind of nth degree of um, what disagreement means. So let's go back to kind of an honest look at what it means to, to disagree. Now, I did not look up a Webster's Dictionary thing, but I can tell you what I believe disagreement means. Disagreement means just thinking about something differently than somebody else or coming to right. a different conclusion. It doesn't mean bad. It doesn't mean evil. It doesn't mean um, unloving or uncaring. It just means different. And for some reason, we have found ourselves in a place where the word different automatically means bad or worse or, mm -hmm. or, um, mm -hmm. or not like me kind of, you know, whatever it is. And so I think we need to you know, take back the word disagreement and realize it's okay to disagree. <laughs> yeah, as shocking sure. as that may sound, it is okay to disagree. You know, we, um, our team is reading this book right now called Embodied. And, mm -hmm. and we're actually planning on doing um, a whole series for Doable um, kind of on that book a little bit later this year. But in the chapter that we just talked about today, we were talking about the particular body and about how God made how literally each person is, is unique, is particular mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. So if we understand that, then at its core, you will disagree about something with anybody. Right. Because you are different people mm -hmm, and that is mm -hmm. okay. God made us <laughs> with variety. <laughs> and so disagreement in and of of itself is not a bad thing right how is um when when you yeah, said that it reminded me of ruth bell graham billy graham's mm -hmm. wife used to say i mean you know because everybody was like well of course you'd agree with billy graham he's billy graham and she was like i don't agree with him on everything if we agreed on everything one of us would be unnecessary you know and you just <laughs> think <laughs> it's like thank you ruth but seriously i mean you know Right now, the world, the narrative in the world is that disagree means hate. And one of the things that I thought about, you know, there in Matthew 20, Jesus is drawing a comparison between the way the world is, is dealing with something and then how he wants his followers to deal with something. And he, his basic line is, it should not be that way among you. You know, it should be different as followers of Jesus, like we can respect and love the dignity and the, you know, the Imago Dei in each other and still have different opinions and still learn from one another. I mean, nobody's ever learned anything in a room of people that just, that all agree together. You know I mean? We yeah. learn when we run into somebody that tells us a new idea that we didn't know, or that, you know, comes up different than what we used to think. And that causes us to think and reevaluate and learn. So learning never happens in a room where everybody agrees. So disagreement can be a good thing. Yeah. And, and disagreement does not have to lead to argument. Right. It doesn't have to lead to bitterness or anger or, or hate. You know, it doesn't <laughs> have to, doesn't have to mean that it's okay. You know, is you can have a conversation and you can acknowledge that we disagree on something and it could lead to more conversation. You know, like, you know, I think, I think when done the right way, you can learn something more about the other person. Exactly. When you talk exactly. about the things that you disagree about. And then just, and, and you may 
somebody may change their mind and say, oh, okay, I can see that now. Like, I didn't see that before. I can see that now. Or you may just come to a point of, you know, agreeing to disagree, I say, with air quotes around it. Yes. You know, <laughs> but, but what you don't want to do necessarily is to just let that end the conversation with, with nobody being left unchanged. Because anytime there is a difference, anytime you disagree, it, as I said just a minute ago, it gives you the opportunity to listen. And we just, and we, and just a couple months ago, we did a whole series on listening, right? It gives you the opportunity to listen to where the other person is coming from, to understand them a little bit more. And you can still say, yeah, like, you know, I can, I can totally understand how you came to that conclusion or, or how you think that way or why you think that way. You know, I just see it a little differently. So, so we're going to disagree on this and you know, that's okay. We still love each other and we can still care about each other. And you can still empathize with the person's position, even though you disagree with the person's position. Absolutely. Um, There were a couple of passages that, as you know, I love finding passages to go with, right? We're Saddleback. Everything has a verse. (laughs) Um, Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, in that passage, it talks about, right, walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. So the first thing that I thought about when I read that was when we come to a space of disagreement, the first thing we need to do is put on humility, gentleness, patience, and bearing with one another in love. So the first, you know, first thing is like check our own you know, what are we coming to this conversation with? Because if I come with, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it to you, that is not going to (laughs) be a successful conversation. The other passage that, as I was kind of thinking through this, that came to mind was 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Mm -hmm. And what that says is now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we'll see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. And here's what I kind of took away from that. Here's my Linda summary of that. None of us sees 100% clearly on 100% of the issues, 100% of the right, the 100% of the time. Therefore, I might not be entirely right and you might not be entirely wrong. So to go back to Ephesians, I need to lead with humility and gentleness. So, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were going to put themes to this conversation, you know, I think kind of the major, you know, except for love, the major other major underlying theme is humility. And that's, right. um, you know, we're going to hit on that just a little bit more uh, towards the end of this episode, but it's, it's important to remember whether you are the one who disagrees with the other person or they are disagreeing with you. Every, I love the verse that you just said, seeing imperfectly, and we don't see 100% clearly, is because we are all broken people. Right. <laughs> right. You are broken. I am broken. Anybody I talk with is broken. You know, we're, we're all broken people. So never assume that you, uh, you know, are, are, or the know-all, the be-all, the end-all of any sort of topic of conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. <sighs> um, I think we all, I think we can all take a sigh after that one, because I think we all know or have been in situations with where 
you know, disagreement became a little bit more than it, it needed to be. So I think we can all take a, a little bit of a sigh after that one. Um, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just unplugged my head my headphones, so I can't hear anything right now. Oh, no. Okay, we're back. Hey, we're back. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so the next uh, one of these that we wanted to hit on, so we talked about building trust again. We talked about boundaries. We talked about focusing on the commonalities. We talked about defining disagreement. And this next one, I want to credit with my mom. And this is, mm. is a phrase that just says grace upon grace, right? Mm. And, mm-hmm. and this is a phrase mm-hmm. that she has been using a lot for the last year and a half of just, you know, just uh, of the reminders to me, the reminders to other people that she's talked with is that we all need to you know, just have grace upon grace with one another. So hi, mom, shout out to you for this one. Um, and it's true. It's just kind of this, it's, it's, you know, the idea is even though is, 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 is acknowledging that we're all coming to this from a place of, you know, things have just are, have been crazy and things are always up in the air and things are always changing or hard or, or whatever it is, that we all just need to give grace. Uh, we need to enter into conversations and relationships with a spirit of grace rather than the spirit of frustration or mm-hmm. anger or bitterness. And it goes back to what we we're just talking a little bit about with disagreement, but it's kind of talking about how we approach um, thinking about the other person is, you know, I, you know what, I may... I may not understand at all where they are coming from or why they are thinking this way or choosing to do this or talk like this, whatever it is. But I'm going to give grace because I would hope to have grace, you know, back given towards me. Right. Um, so that's just been kind of a theme in, in my life the last years. It's just grace upon grace, grace upon grace. <laughs> and I actually did Google grace, get my definition exactly right. I mean, because we all, I know, right? And so um, the one I liked the best was undeserved kindness, going out of your way to bestow your compassion and love towards a person, even if they might not appreciate it or return the favor. At its fullest extent, it is choosing to act positively towards someone who might even hate you or have done you wrong. Loved that. Mm-hmm. And then because of the way you said grace upon grace, I went Bible nerd and found a translation that read it exactly that way. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, and it, um, so John 1 16 out of his fullness, the super abundance of his grace and truth. Can you tell this is amplified? We have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor and gift gift heaped upon gift. What's abundantly clear is that when we came to Christ, he dishes out grace in heaping huge servings. And just like we love because he first loved us, we have received grace upon grace. And so we can offer grace upon grace. And so that was just, and I, as I read that, I just thought, you know, anytime we, you know, everything that we do as followers of Jesus should come from, you know, we, we worship God, we spend time with God, we fellowship with God, we receive from him. And then that's what we give. 
That's what we give to the people that we're, we're interacting with. This doesn't come naturally to us. What comes naturally is defending ourselves, <laughs> being right, being heard. What comes naturally is um, not wanting to look stupid. You know, if somebody says something and we're like, hey, <laughs> you know, but when we remember the grace that we have received and when we lean into the Holy Spirit, then we can give that grace to people. And it's unmerited favor, right? I mean, so it's not something that they have to earn before we give it to them. It's something that we can offer them because we've received it from God. So mm, that's that's really good. Um, yeah. So in all these in all these different things, we've kind of been framing the conversation um, as if you may be dealing or reengaging with people who uh, who may be on the more angry side or on, on the disagreeable <laughs> side, <laughs> you know, but we want to start to wrap up our conversation right now by realizing that we need to be asking ourselves, wait, maybe I'm the disagreeable one <laughs> or maybe <Right>. I'm the, <laughs> or maybe I'm the one that somebody is listening to this podcast and thinking I need to think of, I'm thinking about this person that way in oh, my geez. relationship with yeah. them. Right. Um, you know, we've been talking about being humble. And so, so in that, like, we always need to be self-examining and asking ourselves, okay, how, how am I in the relationships? Yeah. Am I somebody who people feel like they can be safe with, or am I somebody who maybe people feel like they can't be safe with? Mm -hmm. Do I have a tendency to start to you know, start to talk about these like, you know, heavy topics or these third rail topics and, you know, and, and start to get really heated about it. Or, you know, am I somebody who can read the room a little bit <laughs> and see that this isn't maybe the time or place for that type of or, or, or person or people for that conversation? Am I somebody who focuses on what is making us different in just harping mm -hmm. and attacking mm -hmm. on why somebody thinks differently than me? Or am I somebody who is trying to build the bridge and, fo and focus on the things that we have in common? Am I somebody who people would say is, is disagreeable in, in, in a negative sense? Am I somebody mm -hmm, who, mm -hmm. you know, gets really upset when somebody disagrees with me or, or I believe that everybody should think like me? <laughs> um, and am I somebody who, gives grace or am I somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't and doesn't think in terms of wanting to show love or care to others, even when it's not being received back. Right. Yeah. When you and I talked about this, um, it was the old log and spec scenario. That's what came to yeah. mind. You know, it's like you, you, sometimes you think, oh yeah, well, this person, yeah, they really need to hear this, you know, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, I, you know, I'm thinking about four people that I really know need to hear this. And sometimes it's like, I just feel like Jesus is going, okay, you got to get the log out of your own eye first. You know, I need to look at myself first and kind of say, you know, how am I, how am I creating safe spaces for people? How am I holding my tongue? How am I, um, not having to, to say or be heard or whatever, so that, you know, in the interest of unity and in the interest of love and in the interest of sustaining and building relationship, like this conversation can wait, or maybe it doesn't have to happen at all. Yeah. So. I, and yeah, you had posed a question earlier 
and I wanted to bring it back up again because it's, I thought it was kind of a great, great little reminder. It's, and it's something I ask myself, uh, you know, a lot. Is <laughs> 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 the question of, do I need to share my opinion at this time? Ah, it's such a tough one. Right? Kind of that ability mm-hmm. to self-filter and be like, okay, is this a place where I need to share my opinion or should, or is that not necessary right now? You know? Yeah. That's, and, and it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and it's just, it's a, it's a good kind of, you know, rule of thumb <laughs> is, it's just kind of asking the question, is this the time or place? And sometimes the answer may be yes. And you can do so in a, in a building way. But right. sometimes the answer is no. And mm-hmm. it's just, okay, mm-hmm. I don't need to get into this. Or I don't need to share my opinion on this right now. I can, you know, it's either, it's not going to help the conversation. It might just make things worse, or there's a better way or better time or place where mm-hmm. I can engage with this. Yeah. Timing um, can be really important. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Over Thanksgiving dinner might not be the time. I'm just saying. And yet somehow whoever it always free. is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, out of respect for whoever just spent eight hours cooking, zip your lips and enjoy the meal. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Same thing can be said for weddings. Funerals, right. <laughs> you know, not the time or places usually. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, so if we're ending kind of by talking about a doable our encouragement mm-hmm. is to just go back and kind of think through these different areas and ask yourself two questions for each of them. Is how, well, ask yourself one question. How is this speaking to me? Is this something that I need to bring in to a relationship or is this something that I need to be mindful of myself in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Am I That's being, good. you know, and, and just, it's, it takes a little self-reflection. It takes a little self, <sighs> and, and maybe you need to ask somebody, you know, hey, um, Hey, wife, am I disagreeable? <laughs> you know, or Hey friend, mm, like, oh, that's a scary thing to do, some, but it's am good. I some, am I somebody who, who, who you can feel that you can, you know, share your opinions with or your thoughts, you know, that kind of, it, it, it may be that you're setting some or setting yourself up for some hard truths, but that's important too. So again, I'm going to read these building trust again. How do you need to, relationally re-engage in that arena of building trust again boundaries having boundaries focusing on the commonalities defining Mm. disagreement grace upon grace and then asking yourself the question am i usually the giver of grace or or am i the receiver in these am i the person who is who is trying to enter conversation but i keep getting you know a word, it, yeah, I, I keep getting in trouble. You know, I, I like I keep finding myself in places where people are are getting mad at me or are yelling about these things. Or am I the person who's doing the yelling? <laughs> right. Um, and then just asking yourself the question: Do I need to share my opinion at this moment? So that's your doable for today. Kind of think back on these things. We'll be coming back again next week with um, AC, with, with, with Pastor Aaron Crumbie, and we'll be talking kind of a little bit deeper into his, his personal experience with, with this kind of 
topic and just how to care for other people and showing, mm-hmm. giving some really great and powerful examples from, from his own life. And then in two weeks, we'll have Todd Oltoff back to kind of talk a little bit more from a um, pastoral care, a, a counseling side about how to re-engage relationally. So friends, we hope you have a great rest of your day. We love you. Always don't forget, you're welcome to reach out to us at maturity at saddleback.com or leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube. Feel free to like or subscribe or, um, you know, all those other things. Give us a rating or review on the podcast app, whatever it is. You know that we love you. We appreciate you. We're praying for you. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week